This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Reminder to you, today, 2 a.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. Join CBS Sports Network on the pitch for some intense Major League Rugby action as Austin Elite battles Rugby United New York to kick off the second half of the season. It's only on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. You ever play rugby, Tom? I haven't. No, I don't think so. I played a season of Canton Mad Dogs Rugby. I played one year. I played one year of Canton Mad Dogs Rugby. It was... It was actually a lot of fun. Best shape of your life? Um, well, I was already in good shape. Mm. That was back in the days when, it, uh, I mean, you look at this. I mean, honestly, I, I've said the joke before. I mean, kind of look like the guy in the Quaker Oats box. But back in the day, you know, there was a time, Tom, and uh, it was right after high school, and I enjoyed myself profusely for one year. And then I was in college. It was really tough to get down there because I went to Akron. And I was like, eh, you know, no big deal. I'm done. But it was fun for a year. It was a blast for a year, man. They were really cool dudes. So if you're into rugby, go ahead and watch it. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Get some rugby in you. Go watch it on the CBS Sports Network. 855-2124-CBS. Looking at some of the tweets, Spencer, 100% agree with you that Sean Payton's bitching is the only reason that they got the rule change. One guy called up, started yelling at Tom, said he's never going to listen again because he's from Louisiana, and it's because I told him the truth about his football team. Hey, you got what you wanted. And I know it's tough for you to hear the truth. Take it. It's okay. You will be be the providence of it someday. Part of the game, no matter what we want to say, is human error, and that's not a reason to keep human error. I understand that. It's not a reason to try to improve the game. However, you cannot deny that you had a chance to blow the doors open in the first quarter. You didn't take advantage of that. You have a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback in the Superdome, which is the final place. It's that and maybe even some of the places with domes, even some of the places with roofs, they don't have that type of acoustics of what they have at the Superdome. You're in the biggest place in the world for a home field advantage. You're in the last place in the world for a home field advantage. And you have, again, a 40-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback, a veteran, probably Hall of Fame coach, and you're taking on a third-year quarterback where people are questioning whether or not he can get the job done as a franchise QB, and you have a second-year head coach. The advantage should be to you. And I'm just not going to listen to anyone. If you're a Saints fan and you're upset, I will understand that. If you're upset, you feel powerless. But I'm not going to listen to anybody who tries to give me some sort of an argument to tell me that, yes, Sean Payton 
and the and the New Orleans Saints got screwed over by the refs when you had your first quarter where you had an overtime period with all those reasons I just stated. It's just wrong. And if you really believe that, then it's pathetic. Hall of Fame coach goes out on the dais, blames the refs. Politics for it, gets it. He's powerful. This is a senator getting what he wants. This is a this is a majority speaker getting what he wants. Part of this is politics. We we think that the NFL is fair. It's not. There's owners who are above other owners. There's certainly coaches and franchises who are above above other franchises. They tend to get their way. Sean Payton got his way. Congratulations. I didn't realize you were so powerful. Just don't try to tell me you lost that game because of the refs. You didn't lose that game because of the refs. It was a terrible call. Not saying it was the right non-call. It was a terrible non-call. You had Drew Brees in overtime. Spare me. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get to Tony in Vancouver, Washington. Tony, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Semantics, Ken. You're talking semantics. What tell happened me in the why. first quarter? What happened in the second quarter? Let me tell you something. That's that's, that's the sports. Well, first off, Tony, sports is semantics. But Tony, 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 baby, you there? Is Tony there? All right, let Tony say we're having a problem here because we can barely hear Tony. Tony, I'm going to let you say your piece. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, but there's a reason why the points are under seven. It's not like college football where there's 35 point spreads. But the games are decided normally on the last drive or last play. Now, to say that New Orleans didn't get screwed by the rest, you're wrong. I don't care what they did in any quarter. If it was a judgment call whether one guy inadvertently fell or they were hand-fighting, I could understand that, but that was egregious. Thank I want to know, did, well, wait a minute, Tony, did the refs throw an interception or did you breeze at the end of the game? Doesn't Which one threw the prick? The game. Which at one threw the prick? Yes, that happened during the game. It, ha- it, it, it matters. Yeah, no, it matters, Tony, because it happened during the game, bud. It happened during the game. You said you just told me semantics, and then you said what happens during the game doesn't matter. Okay, I mean, you can hang up if you want to. But you can't tell me that, well, the refs lost them the game, and then tell me that it doesn't matter what happened after that. No, it does matter. People get screwed all the time. It happens in life. It happens in football. You get the boots put to you by the refs, or you feel you get put the boots put to you by the refs all the time. Go ask John Madden if he ever met a referee he ever liked. If he ever met a referee he ever thought wasn't giving him his team the business, everybody thinks they're getting the boots put to him. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, overtime, threw a pick. Bad play calling, then threw a pick. Decided to go for the gusto. You have the ball. You're at home. It's your building. You are the one. If you let the refs get in the way, that's a fan to freak out about. But if you let the refs get in the way, that's on you. That's on you. That's not on the refs. 855-2124-CBS. Sean in Arizona, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, Ken, go back to week 13 or 14. The Saints are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, i got to preface this. I'm a huge Saints fan. And okay. my friends and I are all watching the game via cell phone, right? You know, we're all texting each other. And i got a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Saints deliver the same treatment to two scoring drives on the Steelers, raping uh, Pittsburgh uh, receivers in the end zone, no call. Nothing from Sean Payton. My friends are like, oh, man, that sucks. That shit. I said, look, you got to win the whole game. You can't let one call or two bad calls 
cause you to lose the game. And you know what? Then comes the Ram game. And the same thing happened. And I said, look, Saints should have won the game. They should have drive. There's a lot of things that they should have done. And I'll tell you, I could not get the Times Picayune to let me keep my comments flowing before they were getting flagged. Nobody wanted to hear that. They all wanted to hear the same thing. Nope, refs lost the game for us. I got to say, Ken, I agree with you 100%. I'm glad to hear you say it. I, you know, I'll try to get back on Times Picayune again, but. I doubt they're going to want well, to. Well, no, Sean, you don't, you don't want it. You're, you're way, first off, nobody, and I'm not take. don't take offense to this, Sean. Stay with me for a second if you're still there. I, I think it, I think internet comments are almost worthless because anytime you think you won an internet argument, the other guy thinks he won the internet argument. No one wins. Everybody's a loser in internet arguments. Second of all, of course they don't want to hear that, Sean. I mean, hell, they wrap, I, I would take that and wrap that around me like a warm blanket. I, I'll admit that. I'm an emotional person just like anybody else. And I would probably be sitting there, if it happened to the Browns, I would probably be sitting here, Sean, going, I cannot believe we got screwed over by these referees. I cannot believe this happened. I'm going to be sitting here tossing and turning for the rest of my life over this. And especially because, hey, Drew Brees is 40 years old. You have no idea how many more runs you're going to have at this thing. It's not like it's always going to be perfect. That franchise sucked for 40 years before they got these guys involved, with the exception of a couple of years here and there. But for the most part, it was an abysmal franchise for a long time. So for the fans, and even even the ones who are saying that I'm wrong about it, hey, if you're emotionally charged about it, I don't blame you. But I don't. I've never seen a head coach where, if they're asked about it, not be truthful and say we had opportunities here, we had opportunities there, we even had opportunities after. But it's blamed on everything. And I, I'll tell you, in this in this roundabout way, Sean, I salute Sean Payton for being able to get this because not every head coach would get this. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I'm as disappointed as the next fan. I, I hated it. Uh, poor little Tommy Lee just got knocked sideways, you know, helicoptered, whatever. But, you know, I, I kept going back thinking, well, gosh, you know, we got this great offense. And, uh, but boy, nobody wanted to hear it. You know, I was heretical. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, I've been a football player, a football coach, and, and I know – at the level that I played, that, that that's how we should look at it. You know, it sucks to get that bad call, but we got to move on. Yep. Sean, I thank you very much for the call. It was a great one. 855-212-4CBS. And, yes, mostly because we agreed with each other. I, you look at it for many of the – Brian Flores down in Miami. He's a first-year head coach. If that happened to the Miami Dolphins in 2019, you think the Dolphins are getting that changed? Hell no. You think Brian Flores is getting that changed? Tom, you want to answer that question for me? Yeah, it's a no. You have to have some currency. That's why guys, that's why people, it's the same thing as politics. That's why people get sick and tired of politicians because they've been in politics for 40 years. They're the ones who get things done, though. They're the ones that people listen to. Oh, I hate Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer gets things done. Oh, I can't stand Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell gets things done. They've been in there for 40 years. A coach who's been in the NFL, which anything over a decade, really anything over eight years in the NFL, you've basically been there as long as Mitch McConnell's been in Congress. Those are the guys who get things done. Freddie Kitchens, if that happens to the Browns, (laughs) you ain't getting that changed in the offseason. That ain't happening. He has every reason, too. (laughs) He has every reason. I mean, can I ask you a couple questions? Do you you think Sean Payton coached a perfect game against the Rams? Hell no! 
no. Did Drew no. Brees play a perfect game against the Rams? No. Did the Saints execute their game plan? I do not believe so. Against no, the Rams. absolutely not. No. So, and I and I don't mean to pile on Saints fans. I've had a couple angry ones call already and yell at me about, about that, the well, conversation they can, we're they, well, I don't know why they're yelling at you. They could just yell at me. That's well, okay. They, I'm the proxy for you. But the That's the okay. point is, if you, even if you're a Saints fan, we're not trying to pile on. Why are you looking at it this way? Why are you not trying to hold the ca- the coach and the team accountable for why this game didn't work out instead of almost being in denial about it? Blaming something you can't control, it, listen, trying to turn it into something you control by changing the rules, and neglecting the fact that you're going to fall into the same trap in the playoffs next year unless you correct the issues that actually caused your team to lose Tom, this game. Tom, you and I are wrong now. We'll be, we'll be right later. If this ends, say this ends, unless Sean Payton retires at the top. Say they go back to the Super Say they go back to the postseason. They win the whole thing next year. If they impossible. both. It, which is not impossible. If they both retire at the top, then all this gets washed on the bridge. That's fine. If Drew Brees ends up retiring and then the Saints don't replace him at quarterback with anything that's reasonable, eventually people will grow tired of Sean Payton. And then later on, people will eventually look because they'll be looked at in a different light. Well, you know, I know that the refs made an egregious error, and they did. It was a terrible non-call. Nobody's saying it wasn't a terrible non-call. But they'll look at it and go, well, you know it was a terrible non-call. However, you did have overtime. And why didn't we score a touchdown when we picked the ball off at the 16-yard line? Why did we only settle for field goals in the first quarter? Why weren't there touchdowns scored? Three trips down there, two field goals. Why weren't, they three feet, why weren't there three touchdowns? Our offense is it, just as good as the Rams. Arguably, the defense was right there. We're at home. 80,000 people in the stands. It's a closed environment. And like everybody wants to sit there and claim home field advantage. There's really a handful of places in sports that actually have a home field advantage anymore. And in the New Orleans Superdome is one of them. Loud ass building. They were stuffing cotton balls in their ears. I have Jared Goff, who basically is a robot for Sean McVay, who has to do his bidding. Do his bidding. And who couldn't hear, still found a way to lose that game. That's not on you, Saints fans. It's on your coach. It's on your team. Don't care about anything else. It's just the truth. 855-2124-CBS. I hate to tell you, but it is the truth. And I would probably, if we're telling the truth, I'd probably react the exact same way you are if it happened to my team. Get back to the phones when we come back. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. High noon. Ken Pomeroy going to join us. We'll talk college hoops with him. We'll talk about Tom Izzo. We'll talk about Zion. I, why I think Zion is the next LeBron. And also, I, I think if you're using Zion, you're really barking up the wrong tree if you're talking about paying players. All that coming up. 855-2124-CBS. Also, 1140. I'm going to do a complete 180. I wanted to go in a different direction. I wanted to talk about Gronk. McKeon asked me an incredible question off air, and I want to bring it to the air. So that's coming up at 1135, 1140 a.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS. All right, let's go to the phones. We're having trouble with our phones right now, but let me get through to a couple people. Let me get to Steve in Green Bay. Steve, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Steve, not terrible at all, friend. Go ahead. Okay, so I was just going, uh, going off the Sean Payton thing on um, two things. Uh, I do agree with you that it was overtime still. You know, you have chances in overtime. But that play, you know, changed everything. You know it did. 
you know it did. And then Sean Payton must have power because he didn't get that change. But my thing is, all the owners except one agreed. So everybody must have been thinking about this in the offseason, you know. And it's up. Well, Steve, it, it it changes things to you and I. And when we're watching that game at home, and when people are in the stands, that's the that's the thing they're thinking of, obviously. Right. But the reason why Sean Payton makes a ton of money, and the reason why he's a Hall of Famer or should be a Hall of Famer, and the reason why we say all these great things about Drew Brees and the Saints right. is that you're supposed you have to find a way to put that behind you. You absolutely have to find a way. It sucks. That non-call is absolutely horrific. I don't. I don't get mad at any Saints fan or anybody out there who just can't believe that non-call happened. It was the dumbest non-call I've ever seen in my entire life. It was one hundred percent egregious. But yeah, you never disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Steve, it's not my job or your job to get over it. It is his job to get over it. And then when he doesn't get over it, and then that's the reason for it, and then you get a rule change out of it, one, I do applaud you for having that much power, and two, you still didn't do your job. You were the one who failed. Not you, but them. Go ahead. Oh, no, actually, I don't even have a rebuttal. That was a pretty good put. I just, I mean, I just still think that plays can change everything. Like morale yeah. drop. You saw it in the same faces. You know the players' faces, but you're right. You adapt, overcome. So you I mean, pay the big dollars. I I still feel the same way you do, Steve. And thank you very much for the call. I think if we were talking about college football, maybe it's different. They're children, and well, they're supposed to be children in a lot of ways. We consider them like kids in a lot of ways. They're younger. I have one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. I got one of the greatest coaches of the generation. He really is. He's Sean Payton is brilliant. He really is a great coach. And obviously, he's in good standing. He's been suspended for a year, and the NFL still loves him. You can't allow that to happen. you got to step up and be a pro. You have to. You have to find a way to get over it. Everybody, you need to understand, you go into this, people are fallible. You make mistakes, the refs are going to make mistakes. Now, I can't predict something that terrible is going to happen. That is a terrible call. But you got to find a way to get over it. And everything else plays into your hands. You're up against Jared Goff, who is the robot, the puppet for Sean McVay. Jared Goff's only in his third year. You kill him in terms of overall talent. You kill him in terms of overall experience. You're the one who has the Hall of Famers. Sean McVay's only in his second year. They're on the road. In one of the places, there's a finally one of the very few home field advantages. You could have won that game still. You didn't. Everything else plays to you. And and we want to play this in the human and ele- the human element of it as well. You still always want to kind of wonder, is there a make good coming somewhere in here that we didn't see? Because you know when refs miss something, and you know when umpires miss something, there's always going to be something in the back of their head there. John in Michigan, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken. Uh, great show. I'm glad you're touching this topic. Ken, am I the only one who watched the last two minutes of that game? Uh, didn't the referees miss two huge calls in that game? One was a face mask on third down with Jared Goff. Yes. Just would have given them a first down with, uh, what, a minute and 30-some seconds left yes. uh, inside the three, but they didn't make that call either, and I don't hear mm-hmm. anyone pointing towards that. New Orleans wouldn't even have had a chance to get that bad call. Yes, yes, and it's not an excuse. You know as well as I do, John, no excuse for the refs. And, th- John, thank you very John? much for the call. It's not an excuse for the refs. It's, it's, it, I cannot make an excuse for a guy who's supposed to have the upper hand who doesn't take advantage of the upper hand. Daniel in Louisiana, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, uh, Saints fan for life here calling in, and I was just going to – I'm still emotional about it, but um, – uh, as most Saints fans are, but 
the point I wanted to make is y'all had said, you know, like, like um, the refs, uh, to, to blame the refs, I, my argument is the Saints made enough plays to win the game. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's my argument. They made enough plays to win the game, and that play, now, I'll, I'll understand that I'm assuming that Dahl is caught or the penalty's made and we execute a field goal with no little or no time remaining. So mm-hmm. I'm still taking in the assumption we make those basic plays. But to say, well, Drew Brees didn't play perfect, Sean Payton didn't make a perfect, the perfect calls, well, nobody makes the perfect – nobody plays the perfect game. And plays the Rams, I give them props, they beat us on plays. The fake punt early on was excellent. If they don't get that, we probably go on and smoke them. But they made a play, took the air out. Um, and so that's kind of where I stand on the whole why I'm still upset about the refs. Well, you well, you're always allowed to be upset about the refs. We're fans, so so th- yeah, that part yeah. is true. And also, yeah, I understand that not everything's going to be perfect. But if you look towards the end of where was it the fourth quarter when this all goes down, mm-hmm. and we look at where this this play happened, could you or could you not have called something different? Maybe if that play works out, yeah. if they actually call that play, then it ends up being brilliant. So I can understand. Right. Again, where people are upset with the refs. I'm not defending the refs. It was a dumb non-call. But right. I, I look in every other way. You know, you, I, and, and Daniel, you know, the, the advantage goes to the Saints. It's just it goes to the Saints. Every yeah. advantage goes to them. And so I can't, I can't deny it. I cannot sit there and act like it's, it's, it doesn't make sense, or I act like it does make sense. I know that it doesn't make sense. But I, I cannot give them a pass when still when it matters the most. This is why this is why we love guys like Drew Brees. This is why we love guys who are great quarterbacks and great players in the NFL. They're supposed to respond. They're supposed to step up in the biggest moment. They didn't. They just didn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I can make one more point about Sean Payton, still please, um, you know, still hanging on to this. There's there's two parts that that kind of one I appreciate, one that bothers me. The one that bothers me is if he can't get past it in the game, then he's like me sitting on the sofa watching, and I'm like, oh, crap, we're going to lose this game now because of this call. And mm-hmm. as a professional in the team, they should not have that mindset. And I, hope, I would like to hope they don't. Absolutely. But now, but now so far after the fact of him still harping on it or getting this thing done, and this, this, this new rule could come back and bite the Saints next year. You know, it, it's not guaranteed. But he does – it does, you know, kind of – I guess that's part of the love of Sean Payton and Breeze is that it, it relates to us as the fans. That, yes, you know, he understands. I'm still mad about that. I know as a professional he gets past it, and I hope he does. But I do like the fact that he's human, and it kind of, you know, binds the, the bond that, that we have with him in Louisiana. Yeah. I dig it, and I thank you very much for the call. Daniel, thank you very much. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. No, that'll be taken and twisted, and and you make it part of the love of what you have, and I bring it to a fan base to fan base, and just because I always reference them, it would be the same thing where why people love Barry Sanders. They don't blame Barry Sanders in Detroit because he was able to rush them to the playoffs a couple of times back when they were actually worth loving. And the same thing when we don't make such a big deal about Ernest Biner around these parts because Ernest Biner was a primetime player, and yes, it was a horrific mistake, but that's what it was. For them, they didn't even make the mistake, and it makes a perfect scapegoat out of it. But that's what I have to call it. I have to call it a scapegoat. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. High noon, Ken Pomeroy. We talk college basketball with him. Coming up next, I got asked, 
What exactly is home field advantage anymore? It's changed in 2019. I'll bring in McKeon on it. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, brought to you by GEICO. Hey, there's great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Hey, real quick, I heard Joe Klatt on Francesco a while ago during the season, and it's a what? It's year three. We'll be going into year four. Will it be year four or year three? I think it's maybe only year three with P.J. Fleck at, uh, at Minnesota. Is that right? Yes, yeah, definitely not four. Let me double-check. Like, he was already questioning what's going on with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. I'm like, what are, what are, you, what are you doing? Three like, seasons. I know there's three seasons, so he'll be going into year four? Yep. Uh, no, like, two seasons. I'm sorry. He's 12 uh, and 13 so far. Okay, so it's only been two years. Like, Minnesota, unless I'm wrong, Minnesota is not USC, right? Only okay. in colors. Okay. Like, I want to make that sure. It's like Minnesota. I have nothing wrong with the fine folks up in Minnesota, but and I know that there are people out there who listen and people out there I know who hate P.J. Fleck. I happen to like P.J. Fleck. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of time, please, folks. A little bit. Now, if the bottom falls out and they're 2-10 two and 12, two and 10 this year, then uh, maybe you got to do something there. But uh, you'll, get, you'll get it right. It Just give him a little bit of time to get his guys in there. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Looking at some of the tweets, Dan got in. Dan, Ken, I can't stand the Saints or Sean Payton, but man, you are giving a free pass to the refs. I thought they were horrible in that game for both sides. I think they were horrible in most games. If that's how I sound, Dan, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to give a free pass to the refs. I'm just trying to hold the Saints accountable. But I've mentioned it numerous times, and I'll continue to mention it. I I, I didn't say it today. I said it back then. If you really want change, threaten to fire him. They fired a guy for the was it Hugo Hugo Cruz who missed a who missed a false start in a Chargers game this year for the first time they fired a guy for the first time like since like 1975. If you want to hold them accountable, put their jobs on the line. I, that, I'm fine with that. I agree the refereeing should be better. I can't believe you have seven guys out there and all seven of you miss a non call like Nikel Roby Coleman running into him. I, I I understand. I sympathize with that. I do not think that the refereeing has been very, very good. I think some of them are new, and they're nervous about making play, making bad calls on big plays, and so some of that compounds, and so they're a little bit worried about that. We're, we're going through a huge change in referees in the NFL. Some of the guys that we've known for a long time are starting to go away. We have new guys who are starting to come in. We have new refs. Head referees who are starting to come in. So there's going to be a little bit of change there. But if you really want it, fine. I, I had no problem putting their jobs on the line. You make a hell of a lot of money doing it. It's basically a part-time job in this case. A lot of you guys do a lot of things that are pretty nice outside of being an NFL referee. If you can't do it, we'll find somebody else who can. I'm not trying to give them a free pass. I, I'm just pointing out I'm not going to give the Saints. Really, I'm not going to give Sean Payton a free pass out of that. But... I'm just a guy blathering about this here. He's the guy who got done what he wanted to get done. He's the one who got the rule change. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get McKeon in here. McKeon, you had a question for me. What's up, And I wanted to bring this to light. McKeon, uh, well, obviously we're hosting the show together, buddy. What's going on? Tell me what was on your mind. Tell everybody what was on your mind. This is good stuff. Well, you were bringing up to the break to me, which I found very interesting, is the idea of home field advantage in sports. And I think it's a very almost older way of thinking that Every team has a home field advantage for different reasons. And I don't think that every single 
sport, there's a home field advantage. And the question that I brought up to you, which I was very intrigued by getting an answer from you, is what mm-hmm. sport do you think there's the least effect on a home crowd? What sport do you think playing in an, in, a, in, a, in an away arena, playing with away fans around you, and playing with away circumstances being the ice, the field, the anything, What is in what sport is it least effective? I've argued baseball at times, but I do think there are certain places that are a little bit different. And the reason I brought up home field advantage, that's part of the reason I swear to God I'm that much more disappointed in the Saints and, and Sean Payton because of that loss. It is one of the few places in pro sports in America that still has a home field advantage because it's so loud. You have a team that's built for that turf, an offense that's built for that turf. You're in that enclosed environment. You have 80,000 people there. The Rams are from 2,500 miles away. They're they're not going to travel that well. You are all Saints fans. And the fans who are in the arena or in the stadium, they did their part. That's what made that more disappointing. I think they're Kansas City... I think that's and that's an open door stadium, but boy, they really pump the rock music in there pretty good, and a couple other things. I think that could be a home field advantage. I think Gillette because of Tom Brady. I think that there are guys on defenses who play against Tom Brady who are just getting out of diapers when he won his first Super Bowl, and so when you go to Gillette, there is a feeling that what you do is you go there and you lose. That's that's how it goes. Tom Brady is basically Batman, a. a guy who can win at all costs, who can do anything. He's a superhero type of figure. You believe that going in. You believe he's just better. There's an aura that he carries around him that that is better than anything else. So you're expected to go there and lose. I don't know if you get anywhere else that type of environment. I give you three others but that I think are up for contest. In the NFL or yes. just in general? In the NFL. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I'll ahead. give you Soldier Field. I think there's some type of aura about playing in a stadium that's 100 years old that Bears fans have been cheering in for that length of time, especially Except when in, their own kickers kicking in it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Let's go. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead. Also, in a playoff game, I think Lambeau Field is a very hard place to go into, especially the way it's talked about all week when there's if a big playoff know, game in Lambeau. I, I bet it's gotten loud. I'll have to check with Joe D. I bet it's gotten louder there since they've done the redo, where they've built because they now they've built up all the loges up really really high. And they felt that way, I think, at uh, at Michigan Stadium, where before it was so big, but the sound used to just escape out. I'm big on sound. I think if it's loud, it's harder to communicate. If it's harder to communicate, it's harder for you to win when you go there. And in certain places, like at, at Ohio Stadium with the Buckeyes, it, there's a lot of concrete. It's very, very close. They build it very close. You've got 100,000 people there, so that place can get very, very loud. A couple of great stadiums out there can get very loud. UCF, even though they complained because they didn't really construct it right, because of the aluminum and because of the proximity, it's very, very loud at UCF. At Michigan, and I think this has changed, and if we're just going to name drop, we'll have to ask John U. Bacon at some point, because they've built the loge is so high, it's actually helped, from what I heard, keep the sound in and actually make it louder. Because before, when it was just this pit that was built down into there with 100-plus people, down, 100-plus thousand people, the sound would just escape and go into the atmosphere, and it really wasn't that loud. And the last one that I'll give you is NFL terms. I think college stadiums are different. There's a ton of places in college yeah, where you can argue. Yeah. I think the place that has potential is the new stadium that's going to be built, going to be built in Las Vegas for the Raiders. I think you could be right about that. I think that just being in Las Vegas, but they're, they drop in for a day and then they go. But I think being in Vegas, I think that that's te- typically a fan base. I think you're right about that. Places that keep, can keep sound in, 
in pro sports, I think, are different from other ones. Uh, college, I think you're right in general because you're playing against young people. Young people are more flappable. Most some are some are, are nails. Cam Newton was nails when he was in college, but some guys are really flappable. You can easily manipulate them as a fan. Uh, it's it's a different type of atmosphere. So I think that's true. Baseball, I think Fenway Park is a place. I would still consider Yankee Stadium. I think that's the feeling of the fan. Wrigley Field's historic, but I wouldn't put Wrigley Field in there. I think that's a vacation destination. Um, can I name any other places really? Yeah, that I are mean, like that. I could. I could only argue maybe three or four baseball stadiums in the league, really. And I, and it's sad you can't even put Dodger Stadium in that category no, because for no. playoff games, it's it's full of celebrities. Yeah, I'll give you Yankee Stadium. I've personally been there for playoff games, and I do think that there's an aura there that makes it difficult. And I think baseball is one of those sports, especially in the postseason, it can be very hard to play on the road because. Ken, you get a pitcher that's standing on the mound and a crowd that's going absolutely crazy for five straight minutes while he's trying to figure out a pitch and the catcher's got to go out and figure out pitches. Baseball can mean a lot. I don't, this the one sport that you want to feel like it actually helps, but I don't think it helps at all. Hockey. I don't think there's really any difference in home field advantage. And if you look at the history of hockey in the postseason, home teams don't necessarily have an advantage record wise. I think it's about 500. I'm trying to think about the NBA. I don't think there's one in the NBA anymore. OKC? Yeah, maybe. I think, I mean, we, it's, hard to, it's hard to attest to this now because yeah, it's been that, 20 years. That's a very strong fan base over in OKC, even though I can't stand the owner. I think you might be right. Continue. What were you going to say, Brian? It's, it's very hard to put up this argument now because it's been so long, but I can't let you get off without saying Madison Square Garden. When the Knicks are good and in the See, playoffs, that's a I, very man, hard place to play. You say that, and I, br- I bring this up. Michael... LeBron, now it's been a long time since they've really been into the postseason. What was it, Mike Woodson, a couple of years ago when they were and actually really, really year. good? Yeah, that was one, that was like one year that went across the sky like a comet, and that was it. The rest has just been suck ass basketball for a long time. Um, and I think that's part of the problem there. Maybe like the one year they won what twenty seven in a row, and then they were up two zero in that series. Was the Eastern Conference Finals against Michael? Yeah. They were up 2-0 in that series, ended up tying it 2-2 back in Chicago, and then Michael took care of business even though they had to go back to Madison Square Garden. So I think there was a time, but I, I think it's been a long time. I New York's a different area. I think the team's got to be good and they'll get in or they're going to turn on the team. And then right now they have turned on the Knicks. They have turned on James Dolan. Other than that, the the garden's closed. The garden with the dead spots because of the, the, the ice underneath, maybe that was part of it. I think a lot of different places, because the, the technology was different then. Now it's all different. But maybe the garden was back in the day. I don't think of it in the same way now. Especially, they'll throw out home, and rightfully so if you're saying some of the things that guys are saying. They'll throw fans out for saying nasty things. Before, that was part of just, well, you go certain places, they're going to say some nasty things to you. And while that's sad, that was part of it. Let's be serious. I think you're right. I bet hockey probably is. I think the closing of old stadiums has also hurt this aspect, too, in this conversation. Like, mm. I think in hockey, it could have been a kind of damning thing to have to go into the Montreal Forum and play the Canadians or have to go into the Maple Leaf Gardens or the Boston Garden. I think that's a big deal, especially in these old buildings where it used to have the rafters were literally on top of the locker room. So you could hear people screaming down into the locker room. Yeah. You were always surrounded by it. Now, these, the way these new stadiums are built... You're so secluded in these new locker rooms. They're soundproofed. You can't even hear the crowd before you get in the hallway. That's a big deal, Ken. I think the last bastion of that is probably college football. 
of of real true like weather to me doesn't matter. Like if you play in Chicago and you're going, well, it gets really cold and windy in Chicago. Yeah, but your players didn't really all go to Notre Dame and Northwestern and Wisconsin and are from the Midwest. Your players are mostly from Texas and Florida anyway, in California. So it's cold to them the same way it's cold to everybody else. I don't think you're born with that natural insulation if you're born in some, born in some of those cold weather areas. Like Minnesota, now they play in a dome and they've always well they play in an open air kind of place cuz you know they open up the sides, but they play in mostly a dome. I don't think it I think it was different now from where it was when they played at the old Met. But I think college football because of the youth, the fan base, uh the size of the stadiums, how the proximity is, I think that that's probably one of your last bastions. So if you're in a good SEC school, good Big 10, good Big 12, you know, one of the major conferences, ACC, yeah, Clemson's got it going. I'm not sure about a whole lot of other ones. But in in some of those conferences, I think that they really got it going. Like if you're a big time college football fan, Texas, Texas A&M, those type of places, I bet that they can really get it going there. And I think the conclusion that we've come to just to wrap this up is Please. In this whole argument of you, all we talk about when it comes to big playoff games is, oh, they got to go into the home crowd, they got home field advantage. Does it really mean that much, Ken? Aside from a few places around the country, in the pros, really I don't think so. In the, the pros, pros, I don't think so. I think Alabama, Auburn, it does. I think in a college football, college basketball, I think it, I think it can there. I think it could throw you off there. In the pros, I don't think so. I don't think so. A lot of pros, it's you better win. If you don't win, we ain't gonna be there. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up in just over 40 minutes, beware the siren song of LeBron James. Up next, Ken Pomeroy joins us. We're talking NCAA hoops. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.